You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, Swarmcast, another episode coming at you just before Iowa's Spring game, uh, at least we'll, we'll call the spring game or spring practice. Weather outside is not going to be good, but it's been a busy few weeks for Iowa athletics in general. Iowa basketball is hitting the transfer portal. We've already touched on that, but a lot of storylines surrounding this football team. We'll get the chance to meet with all the coordinators on Thursday tomorrow, and that'll be interesting. Might be an, an, an understatement, but uh, certainly looking forward to that. But, Sean, we're finally going to be able to see some sort of substance on the football field. Uh, we'll see how many people are actually going to participate, how many high, you know, top guys we actually end up seeing. But there, there are certainly a lot of things that I'm going to keep a close eye on. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that you have to look at, not from the quarterback perspective, but I think it's the weather. Like, I know we don't really see a ton in these th- in these open practices but you know it's enough for us to kind of overreact or talk about it but the weather it's like if you're a player that you know if you're a top player if you're Kate McMahon if you're Eric All if you're Mason Richmond um if you're Caleb Johnson and or if I'm the Iowa coaching staff I'm not putting those guys out there yes it's a good treat for the fr- for the fans and yes it's a cool deal to you know see the team but is it worth it is it worth the injury at that point? I mean, yeah, the weather's not going to be not going to be friendly. I think it's supposed to snow at like seven a.m. and there's a chance that that turns to freezing rain. So, you know what? How much are we really going to see? That's that kind of you know defeats defeats a lot of the uh, a lot of the purpose, which you know is is frustrating. But it is what it is. I feel like yes, like you know the staff wants fans to see the team and stuff, but at, at the same time, they're kind of like, all right, like maybe this isn't the worst thing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, interesting to see what, what they kind of do or, you know, how the weather impacts it and, yeah, you know, I mean, who's on the field because yeah. it's a big talking point every year is like injuries and, you know, how much are we really going to see of guys? Yeah, I mean, they got to take care of themselves, number one, first and foremost. I mean, we, we've already heard this spring. I mean, remember Kirk's introductory press conference this spring. He didn't flat out say it, but you could tell he was very, very agitated with all the injuries that Iowa's already had to deal with. And we've already touched on that, HawkeyeInsider.com. The offensive line is not healthy. The wide receiver room is certainly not healthy, which you don't want to see, especially considering those are the two position groups that – you really need to see make a jump. And you brought it up. I was going to bring it up, but Cade McNamara, I mean, is he really going to be able to play, right? And you think about him, he wasn't supposed to be fully cleared until maybe a week ago. 
if we're going based on the timetable that Kirk gave us at the introductory press conference. So if it's freezing rain, I don't even know if you want to risk putting him out there. I think people will be very frustrated by that, but they was, I think they'd be a lot more frustrated if he was not available for summer and fall um, than they would be if they were able to see him in spring. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And who knows if the weather gets bad enough, maybe they move the final practice inside because the importance of getting that sort of live game action reps in the spring are very, very important. But Sean, the more I've thought about this spring, the more I've come down to one thing that's really going to stand out to me. And that's the improvement of Logan Jones. I think it, you think about Iowa's offense a couple of years ago was not good by any means, but you really got a chance to see how much Tyler Linderbaum kind of carried that offense from that center position. Now, again, it's an impossible situation for Logan Jones to fill considering how dominant Linderbaum was. But Logan Jones has plenty of physical capabilities. I think he's really starting to get his confidence up. I think he understands the system more. But I really, really want to see him take that next step uh, for this Iowa offense. And if he can do that, I think the line play in general is going to be better. So I'm going to keep a close eye on Logan Jones from the start. Again, I think he's got the athleticism. He's got the bend. He knows how to utilize his leverage. I think it's just a whole comfortability aspect and a confidence uh, standpoint and him really understanding the offensive system not just what he does but what every single position does on any given play yeah you know he he's got the ability he does freakish things in the weight room and some of the things he does athletically kind of speaks for itself and you're kind of like you know how 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 is he not putting it all together and i think that first year yeah you mentioned it the expectations were totally unfair. This is a guy who hadn't played offensive line since high school, and he hadn't played center his whole life. Like, those were his first snaps that he was taking maybe, like, a year ago around this time. And, you know, it takes a lot to play center. I mean, I never played center in my life, but, you know, you have to be able to make calls. You have to be able to see audibles. You know, you have to be able to make sure the snap is on point. You know, there there's so many things that go into it. And for him to struggle the way that he did um, at times with the inconsistency, like that's going to happen. And like you said, too, I, I mean, he's the key for the offensive line this year. I think they're pretty good at other spots. You know, that right tackle position is going to continue to be interesting. If Dejon Parker is going to be healthy, then he's going to be the starter. But Nick DeYoung is someone that they really like to potentially, you know, fill that spot as long as Parker's out. And I think the other spots seem to be in really good shape too. Can you know, especially if they're able to stay healthy, because the offensive line is the ticket for this Iowa team. There is yeah. no doubt about that. As much as we talk about quarterback play, the offensive line is where it starts. You know, and George Barnett, Barnett, you know, the buzz I've been hearing is that he feels a lot more, he feels a lot better about this offensive line than he did maybe last year. You know, obviously, no one really expected Iowa's offensive line to be like that. But I think this group seems to be getting more confidence and seems to be getting more comfortable. A big thing with the offensive line plays, you need to not think out there. Obviously, you know, you have to think different calls, different sorts of blocks, you know, that sort of deal. But you have to not be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah, I know that sounds cliche, but I think this unit the last couple of years were maybe playing a little timid or maybe, you know, not you know, playing not to make mistakes rather than, you know, playing just to be physical. And I think that's one thing that Barnett has really instilled in these guys is don't play, don't play like that, you know, play, 
like you're comfortable, play, you know, balls to the walls, be physical. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yes, we don't want to make mistakes, but you can't be afraid to make those mistakes if you do. Yeah, it's basically understanding the system so much that you don't have to think out there. That's when you see the guys make the next jump. So I'm, I'm totally with you on that. The offensive line is going to be the reason why this offense fails or succeeds, in my opinion. Yes, the wide receiver play, especially health right now, is not good. They need to make a significant improvement. But a healthy Eric All and a healthy Luke Lachey combined with a Caleb Johnson and having a capable quarterback in Cade McNamara, it's good enough to actually help push this team forward, given what we expect the special teams to look like, given what we expect the defense to look like. So I'm completely with you. I think there's a lot of pressure on the offensive line. I I do think people have been frustrated with George Barnett, and I understand it, but I've also been of the belief, Sean, that this is the first year where he really has the tools to be able to do something because he's very well-liked by the team. He's very well respected on the recruiting trail. I think he's done a nice job on the recruiting trail as well. So I'm very interested to see what this offensive line is going like, to look like. I know we haven't talked a lot about Caleb Johnson so far, but that's going to be a guy that I think is a big, big breakout player in the Big Ten. I'm eager to see what he can do. And as you mentioned, if Eric All, Eric All is 100% healthier, so he says. Caden McNamara says he feels good, but if the weather outside is bad, it'll be disappointing if we don't see them. But I really want to see what they're capable of being because Eric All, Sean, without that back injury that he suffered last year, he's probably looking at becoming a top two-round pick in this this year's NFL draft. So if he has a big year, I expect him to be old in that same boat be a first or second round pick i i think he's just that got that kind of ability he's got that size got the athleticism and the skill set so it'll be interesting looking at there i want to flip the defensive side of the ball real quick sean we've talked a lot about this secondary got the chance to talk to xavier wampa got a chance to talk to cooper and jamari and we've touched on it a little bit this spring but i, I gotta say i know iowa's losing cave they lost riley moss a lot of a lot of big pieces, productive pieces who have been very good and an underrated aspect of those two guys. They were very big signal callers on that back end. Gang Jamari back is going to be a big deal, but Xavier Wampa is not a, a loud, a loud dude. He's, you know, I think he needs to become very confident in his signal calling. He's already proven he can do it in high school. I think when it comes to the football aspect, I think he'll be fine, but I'm very eager to see how, Xavier kind of transitions into that being able to call out certain things on that back end. But I look at the secondary, Sean, and I think the potential is just as high as last year's. I mean, I think Quinn Schulte did a nice job. I think you know what you're going to get out of him. Xavier, I think, is in for a massive year. I, I've already said that I think Cooper DeGene could be on the Jim Thorpe finalist list this upcoming year. And then you have Jamari. I mean, on paper, this looks like a very, very dangerous defensive back unit. And if you can continue to develop guys like TJ Hall, Cohen Entringer, I've heard, has had a fantastic spring as well. There's a lot of optimism with this Iowa defensive back group. Yeah, I think with Xavier, when he's in the right situation, when he's comfortable, knowing him from his recruitment, um, he can he can talk with the best of them. And, you know, obviously it's different on the football field. I think he's going to be more comfortable getting into that role because I think he – I think Phil Parker kind of has a way with him that, you know, he can get him to do certain things when it comes to, you know, the football 
you know, being on the football field and instilling that confidence in him. But yeah, I mean, the secondary is going to be going to be very, very good this year. I think they're going to be very steady. Um, you know, obviously, I think you have a couple potential draft picks there with Cooper and Xavier probably being the safest picks. And you have a couple really good potential all Big Ten players and Quinn Schulte and Jamari Harris. And, you know, obviously, we're not talking NFL here, but I think those guys have a shot at the league as well. And the 2022 class, the defensive back class, is already shaping up to be one of Phil Parker's best. I mean, obviously, people are going to remember TJ Hall for last year. You know, how he gave up those two touchdowns to Trey Palmer in the Nebraska game. But people need to remember, I was told at one point that there was a chance that TJ Hall would have cracked it too deep yeah. before Xavier would. Yep. And, you know, that speaks volumes to what the Iowa staff thinks of TJ Hall. And Cohen and Edinger, you know, that upside and that ceiling is very high. Remember, he really didn't get into football until his junior year. And, you know, he was committed to Central Michigan. Then all of a sudden, the Power 5 schools started to come in after he had a really great senior season. Um, Then Deshaun Lee was a late pickup, who was a playmaker that the Iowa was really high on. Got to bring him in late in the 2022 class. But those four guys are, you know, Xavier, Deshaun, TJ, and Cone. Those guys are really, you know, putting in that work and really, you know, doing what they need to do to get themselves up the depth chart and make an impact. Like, I think at one point, there's a chance we could all see we could see all four of those guys starting in the secondary for Iowa. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Iowa does in the portal this this period. Um, you know, it's kind of been a little quiet on that end, but I know the staff is working to get a, a defensive back, potentially a corner, and then a, maybe another wide receiver. We'll see what happens there. I think Iowa seems to be you know trying to get traction with a couple of guys, but I think the overstatement of getting a six foot four, six foot five wide receiver might be, I think they're going to go for the best personnel at this point. Yeah. Um, But that's another topic. But with this defensive back class, yeah, it's, it's going to be, or this defensive back group, they're, they're going to be really good this year. I think there's, there's a lot of reliability. And I think people saw when Cooper went out last year in that Nebraska game, just how important he was to the secondary too. That's exactly why he's not going to play offense. And that's exactly why he didn't play offense. Right. <laughs> I know there are a lot of questions yeah. about it, but that's exactly why that happened. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited about that. And another group that I really want to dive into on the defensive end. I know a lot of people are intrigued about this, uh, this linebacker group. It's hard for me to analyze without Nick Jackson here because I'm very optimistic about Nick Jackson, but you know, Sean, the more I dive into this, this uh, Iowa defensive line group, that is a scary, scary unit. I mean, that is a very deep unit. I know a lot of people are upset about Lucas Van Ness's departure. I don't think anybody can blame him, especially after he's going to become a top 10, top 15 pick, right? People are sleeping on Deontay Craig. I've been saying that since the end of last year. Three and a half tackles for loss in Iowa's bowl win. Six and a half sacks total, three forced fumbles. He is going to be a force on that edge. And Iowa are turning Joe Evans and Noah Shannon. Aaron Graves, who I think could get some more run this year. Logan Lee. I mean, Sean, this is a legitimate, potentially 9-10 to 10 deep on this defensive line. Like, Jay Neiman and Kelvin Bell have to feel really, really good about where things are because they can do a lot of different things. And even maybe a guy like Max Llewellyn can step up. Ethan Herquette, who the staff has been high on, has dealt with a couple of injuries 
but there's a there's a lot of optimism about this Iowa defensive line. It's hard for me to argue against it. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Yeah, defensive line is going to be going to be another real strength of the defense. And, you know, linebacker, I know we talked about it before. That might be the only big question mark. But with Nick Jackson coming in, I think some of those those questions might be erased. So with the defensive line, I mean, you touched on it there. There's a lot of different things that they could do. Getting Logan Lee and Noah Shannon back, I think, were two of the most important uh, – or not, getting Noah Shannon and Joe Evans back. Obviously, Logan – has that chance to return next season for a sixth year, much like yeah, uh, those two got much like Evans and Shannon did this past off season. So that'll be big if they can get him back. But yeah, I think getting Shannon back was especially important just to have an experienced guy on the interior. Um, there's a number of other guys that I think can make a run at that second spot too behind those guys. And uh, you know, on the edge, Deontay Craig, Joe Evans, Expecting big years out of them again. Ontario Tom. I mean, I, I'm interested yeah, to see Thompson. what they do with Aaron Graves. I'm interested to see what they do with Aaron. I think Ontario is going to have a role, but I think he's a year away from making a major impact. I could be you know, wrong on that one, but I think that's kind of my read on it right now. But it's in, I'm interested to see what they do on the edge because obviously Ethan Herkett coming back is important. Having Deontay Craig out there. Joe Evans. Um, Max Lowell and I heard it's been pretty good, but yep. you know, is still kind of you know figuring things out a little bit. I know some beat writers have thrown around the idea of Aaron Graves on the edge. I think he's a true tackle, but I could see edge potentially being you know something that you know, he's kind of in the middle a little bit, I should say, when yeah. it comes to an edge and you know in playing tackle. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think you know he's one of those guys that they can throw at multiple spots on the defensive line, be kind of a flex guy whether it be on the interior or on the edge. So that's that's one thing I think I'm looking forward to seeing on uh, Saturday too. Then on the special team side of things, Torrey Taylor is still Torrey Taylor. Drew Stevens has added, I think, about 8 to 10 pounds right now, and he said during his availability that he's comfortable hitting from 60, which is, if that's true, I need to see it to believe it, but, man, that what a boost that would be. But he's certainly shown a ton, a ton of potential with what he showed last season and LeVar Woods does a really, really good job with that. Flipping back the offensive side of things really quick, Sean, before we dive into some recruiting to kind of end this thing off, because I, I want to do another podcast after we speak at the coordinators, because I think there's going to be a lot of things to kind of digest there, but just on the offensive side of the ball, I'm, I'm very intrigued about what Deontay Vines is going to bring the wide receiver room. Like I know it's not deep right now, wide receiver. There's not a lot of people to really choose from, but I've been a big fan of Deontay Vines from what I've seen from him when he's healthy. I mean, he can't, he started off last fall, really strong, dealt with an injury, kept him out half the year, came back, had a catch or two seemed like in the first quarter of every game, then they just couldn't get him involved, but he's a fast guy. I think he's got good short area quickness. I think he's a good athlete. I think he can 
space the field a little bit and be a deep threat. I think he has a very intriguing skill set, and I think Iowa's going to need him to catch. This is ridiculous that this is this low of a number, but if he can get you 25 to 30 passes, I, I think that's a very, very successful year out of Deontay Bynes just to keep the perimeter honest. But I'm excited to see what he can – what he shows during a spring game because again, I think some of the tools are there based on who Iowa has available at wide receiver right now. I think he's going to have to be a factor. Yeah. I know people don't like the, uh, <clears throat> don't like the walk, don't like the walk on buzz. It's on, but keep an eye on Caden wet. And I know he had a couple of big catches in the spring game last year. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, he's kind of made some steps forward this this spring and you know can potentially play a role of important snaps in the slot yeah so they they, i mean with with uh with the offense i mean you kind of can take you kind of want anything you can get um because you know the tight ends are going to be the focus of it but having guys on the outside is is going to be really important so you know potentially another piece in the portal would be would be a nice would be a welcomed addition but i think with this tight end group you know it's gonna be hard to Hard to not throw the football to them. Yeah. I mean, again, I think they're getting, I think they need to get somebody out of the portal just to keep, keep it honest. I think Iowa in general needs to ask scholarship or two to wide receiver, but again, Iowa prioritizes different things as opposed to other programs and, and that's their prerogative, but that's just something I, I wouldn't follow, but they, uh, you know, I was had success with it, but Sean, a couple updates on the football recruiting trail to wrap this up. I, again, we're going to have more podcasts and everything kind of wrapping up spring and, and seeing what we saw on Saturday and whatever happens with the coordinators. Uh, but I would caution people with what we say after Saturday and what we write about. It's one of 15 practices. It's so hard to take away a lot. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. So just wanted to put that out there. But on the football recruiting side thing, Sean, it's been very busy. I wearing a pair of running back commits. I'll let you dive a little bit more into that. There's some talk about what's next. And, uh, yeah, I, again, I think Kirk and company have done a nice job of continue, continuing to fill out that 2024 class. I think it's going to be a lot of local kids. But uh, the local talent in Iowa and the surrounding area, I, I would argue, has never been better and it's never been deeper than what it has been over the past couple of years. Yeah, there, <clears throat> there's a lot of excitement about the in-state class in 2024, obviously led by Derek Wieskopf from Williamsburg and Cody Fox, too, I think. I mean, Wieskopf is still kind – of, his film doesn't pop right now, but I think his upside and what you see him do on the basketball court and on the track, you know, he's just in, fundamentally as a tackler. You know, it's hard to argue his four-star status, which was recently – uh recently achieved so yeah i mean in the past week this past weekend iowa picked up two running back commitments three-star uh xavier williams out of lake central high school in northwest indiana a region or part of the indiana or part of this country that i'm really familiar with and then adel desoto minburn three-star running back brevin dow also committed to the hawkeyes a day after williams did and, you know, I've kind of been saying for the last couple of weeks, maybe months, the plan was to take two running backs for Iowa. That seemed to be what was what was the plan for the staff. And I always thought to myself, there might be a point where when one running back commits, then I wouldn't be surprised to see a second one follow shortly after. Yeah. And that was definitely, definitely the case with this situation. I know Brevin – 
this was something that, you know, has always been on his mind. Kansas State was making it interesting there for a bit. But I remember when he offered, when Iowa offered Xavier Williams, Brevin shot me a text and said, what do you know about this? What do you know about this Williams kid that Iowa just offered? And that's when I was kind of like, oh, that's when things are going to are going to happen quick. But to get into this, I mean, Brevin obviously had that offer from Kansas State. Minnesota offered, I think, at safety. Uh, Oklahoma State liked him at linebacker. There are a few other schools that liked him at different spots. But Brevin's a speed guy. You know, he doesn't have a lot of twitch right now, but a 10.74 100-meter dash at the Drake Relays last year is, is pretty impressive. So he's going to bring you a lot of speed. Iowa wants that speed in the room, but Elbets told him that that's one of the big things that they're lacking right now is that speed in the or that you know speed that he has in the running back room. And you know Brevin can play in the backfield. He'll have to add a little more pounds, but you know who doesn't when you're going to the Big Ten? Yeah. But Iowa can use him in kind of different ways. I think they might try and use him like a Tyler Goodson. Akron Wadley type, try and get him in space a little bit. You know, I like I said, I think the twitch needs to get a little better there. But I think there's there's ways that you can use him, you know, not just on offense. You know, the staff has talked to him about playing returner and potentially playing on special teams earlier in his career with his speed. And, you know, I went to see him. I went to see Aiden Hall, Iowa, you know, he's tw- the 2023 commit linebacker from Harlan. They played ADM early this year, so I kind of got kind of killed two birds with one stone seeing both of them. And Brevin had some pretty deep returns against Harlan. Obviously, there's more space in high school than there would be in college, and they're not as disciplined. But Harlan's as disciplined as it gets when it comes to a high school football program. And to see Brevin get some big returns like that was pretty impressive. So, you know, you know what you're getting with him is speed. He can line up out wide. He can line up at uh, – you know, as a return man, can just do a bunch of different things with him. I'm a little surprised Iowa offered as early as it did, but I think for good reason because Kansas State was really making a big impression on him in during the recruiting process. And with Williams, you know, he's kind of the opposite. You know, he's 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 fast, but he's not that's not his trademark. He he's listed at six foot, two hundred twenty pounds. First thing I noticed when I saw him, um in his pictures that he posted from his visit were his legs. He's got one of the most impressive lower halves that I've seen in a running back prospect that Iowa has looked at in the last few years. And I think that power and that strength was something that Iowa really liked and also the ability to make guys miss in short, in short, uh, short areas. I think he's got, you know, that twitch that maybe Dal is lacking, but that's really impressive for a guy of Williams' size. You know, he can kind of bounce off guys can really run through guys too. You know, it it always seems like in every run that he has, he's breaking a tackle, whether that be a stiff arm or whether a guy's just going off of him. He's really tough to bring down. And, you know, that's a really good combination for what Iowa wants in a running back duo. You know, they can kind of have that thunder and lightning mantra with these two guys and, you know, pair with the guys that they already have in the room. It's, It's really impressive. So, yeah, the class is sitting at nine commits right now. Last I checked, it was ranked 17th. Drew Campbell from Cedar Falls, obviously the brother of Jack Campbell, who Iowa wants as a, has as a defensive lineman, probably an edge right now, committed earlier this month. I believe it was on April 1st. So the class is seen at nine commitments. One position that I'm kind of keeping a close eye on over the next month or so is the wide receiver position. Reese Vandersee from Central Lion, George Little Rock, up there in northwestern Iowa. He grew up a big Iowa fan, Iowa offered. 
a few, you know, last month and Iowa State's also really involved there. He's one I'm keeping an eye on. Patrick Clax, three-star wide receiver from Crown Point, Indiana, which is in the same, you know, northwest Indiana region as Xavier Williams. He's one to watch. J.D. Crisp is an offer that they recently had out of Texas, who's a multi-sport guy. Um, Kajan Cummins-Coleman, I think Iowa, Kansas, and Iowa State have done the best job there. And there's a few other names that could pop up. KJ Parker's coming to campus this weekend. Yep. From uh, Immaculate Conception in Elmhurst. He's a three star guy that could play defensive back or wide receiver, but I think he could be a pretty good slot receiver um, with how quick he is. So those are, those are a couple guys to watch at the wide receiver position. Uh, I don't think I'm missing any, but I think the next domino to fall could be wide receiver. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see something in the 2025 class. In the next few months, I mean, I went to go see Thomas Meyer from Clear Lake, who's a four-star on 24-7 now um, in the initial top 247. He's a guy that I think could pop early. But I think if you're focusing on 2024, I'm keeping a close eye on that that wide receiver class and what could happen in the next month or so. Yeah, Iowa getting definitely ahead, I think, in that 2024 class. Again, I think they've done a nice job. In that class, what what they have eight of the top nine, seven of the top eight in state prospects right now, Sean. I I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, it's seven of the top. It's either six or seven of the top. Because uh, Reese Vanderzee or Grant Bricks is the number one prospect yep. in the state of Iowa, um, and obviously he's uncommitted. But yeah, it's I think it's six of seven. Sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is six of seven. It could be seven of eight. I need to double check. But yeah, so Iowa's doing its due diligence on the recruiting trail. It'll be interesting to see how many people end up coming to campus this weekend to watch the spring game. But again, Sean will have all that stuff locked down for our VIPs at HawkeyeInsider.com. But yeah, I'm interested to see what we're going to find out on Saturday. I'm going to try not to take too much away from it, Sean. I think at times... I can fall into the trap and others can fall in the trap of really overanalyzing it. And, uh, but again, it's almost our job to be able to do that too. But I do think there are some good things happening within the program. I think they've addressed some needs again, it's obviously, especially a quarterback. I think they did a nice job getting Dijon Parker in the portal, but wide receiver health is going to be very, very big. You see Seth Anderson, Jacob Bostic continue to recover and get them back in line for summer and fall. And we need to see Deontay Vines take a step forward. But there will be plenty of things to watch for. But, again, I think Iowa's team in general is setting up for – I would say what should be expected is a Big Ten West championship given all the turnover within the division. I think Wisconsin is going to be a big threat. But, again, it's always difficult in year one to be able to do that. Matt Rule at Nebraska, they got some good things going on. But, again, year one, if Illinois can continue to keep it up, but uh, I, I also think Cade McNamara brings a different sort of swagger and different energy at the quarterback position, which I also think could help ignite the Iowa offense. But it's one of those things, too, where you got to see it to really believe it. But again, I think on paper, Sean, I don't know if you'd agree with this to wrap this up. On paper, Iowa's offense should be better this year than last year. Yeah, that's not it should be. It needs to be. And they understand that. And they know it. And one one tidbit I got on Kate is, you know, I've heard he's really, really been receptive to being a good teammate and being a good leader. He's really, 
you know, been able to corral the guys and really build that chemistry with not just his wide receivers, but also the offensive linemen. He's, he's really done a good job of that. And, you know, that's something that I think can go a long way. I know it's obviously people want to see the results on the field, but I think that chemistry and developing that is just as important too. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a good point. And I've heard the same thing. I, I, I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast, but I remember, I think it was, I was one of the few reporters talking to Nico uh, Ragini and uh, he talked about the first meeting they had post winter. And it's when they welcomed Cade and Eric all, he said, Cade stood up and gave a speech and basically just said like, Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to getting to know you guys. And he didn't really dive into great detail, but Nico kind of said, that's when we all kind of knew that he was here for the right reasons. And we all automatically not respected him, but they began the pathway to respecting him and really seeing him as a leader. And it's, it's difficult, especially a quarterback. Like you have to be able to earn the trust of your teammates. You have to be a leader. But again, Nico is a sixth year guy. I mean, he could have easily just kind of shut the door on him right away, but he said he was very impressed with what he said. And I think in the videos that the Iowa social media teams put out with Cade kind of joking around with the defensive backs and with his teammates, I think that it, uh, you know, he's on the right path. So it'll be very interesting to kind of see how everything unfolds. But stay locked into HawkeyeInsider.com and 24-7 Sports for everything you need to know about basketball, college football, basketball, recruiting, everything else. I know it's spring football time and I know, you know, it's winding down, but we got a lot of off-season content planned, a lot of podcasts, a lot of really cool stuff. So stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eichel at SBOC247 and at Hawkeyes on 247. And we'll be back in a couple of days to break down everything that happened during Iowa spring game.